0: Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. <laughs> Welcome to the Kinja's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Uh, the concept of legacy has been very much on my mind for the past, at least past month especially. It's been a heavy month already, the month of January, we're in twenty twenty. Um, still the passing of Kobe Bryant still um, very much fresh on my mind and my heart Um, we as kinjas uh, opened up we launched our kinjas complex here just a little over a week ago and also celebrated 10 years um, of kinjas and so the concept of legacy um, has been something that i've been thinking about what is a legacy Uh, a lot of times people associate legacy to accomplishments and achievements and how good you are at a certain craft or or what do you have to show for your career though those things can be tied into the concept of a legacy i think Legacy really goes deeper. I mean, everyone's going to leave behind a legacy, but what what people are truly remembered for are not simply the things that they've done, but who they were as a person, what they were most um, remembered for, and um, I think in thinking about that, I've been wanting to dig deeper into even my personal um, love for dance and what Kinjas is doing here and how we're growing this space. Today, my guest is Taboo of the Black Eyed Peas, and uh, this man needs no introduction, but if you don't know, uh, the Black Eyed Peas are a multi-platinum record-selling group. They've won Grammys, MTV VMA Awards. Um, Taboo is a rapper, songwriter, actor, DJ, philanthropist, entrepreneur. He is a cancer survivor. And at the core of who he is, he is a dancer. And we, we go into his roots and his history of um, how he started out as a dancer and how that evolved into finding music and how he linked up with Apple The App and Will I Am of the Black Eyed Peas. And the journey just took off from there. And we go through all of that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that talk. I've been a, flan- a fan of the Black Eyed Peas since man, the 90s, so um, being able to just kind of hear that story was dope, and I've known Tab for many years, and we've interacted quite a lot over the past decade, but in the past five years or so, we've kind of um, been just out of loop just because of life and everything going, but just kind of hearing the recap of uh, where they're at currently, where he's at currently, as just as an artist himself, from the comic book ventures to music to um, his interactions with Nike and all of that stuff. Though the projects are really dope. His focus and emphasis, as you will hear in this conversation, is not the stuff. The stuff is, is there's a there's an underlying reason and a, a thing that drives him to do these things. And without going too much into it. the the why, the strong why of it being to serve with it and he really unpacks what that means and why that's the thing that's driving him to do all the things that he's doing this man has lived many lifetimes um, and I think this interview itself, this conversation goes kind of long but I guarantee you, I promise there's so much in this that you're gonna get a lot of value from, I'm over here just getting super inspired, just hearing the conversation of like these talks are are not talks that i've ever had with him before so just being able to hear that uh, for the first time was really inspiring for myself the lightning round was fun this guy has some really cool i don't know man really sharp answers too Uh, it's it's really cool to be able to have these lightning sessions with with our guests i thoroughly enjoyed it again i think this has a lot to offer very very inspiring yeah i think that's it let's just jump right in Welcome back to another episode of the Kendra's Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. We got J Lai back there. J Lai. And as you guys can see right here, we got the man, Taboo from Black Eyed Peas in the Pod. My brother. Peas in the Pod. I, I didn't in even mean pod. to say that, that, but, you that. know, it just works out that way. We're back in the complex here again. Very excited to have you, Tab. Thank, thank, thank you, bro. you so much for coming through, bro. Um, I don't even know if I need to give this intro, but I mean, I give an intro to everybody. So. If you guys don't know who Taboo is, I don't know what I don't know if you're alive. What are you doing, living under a rock? Uh, he is a multi-platinum record-selling, Grammy award-winning, MTV VMA, VMA award-winning rapper, songwriter, actor, DJ, philanthropist, entrepreneur, cancer survivor, now Marvel Comics writer, and of course, the ever-vibrant spirit of a dancer, mm-hmm. bro. Welcome to the pod, Thank man. you, bro. Welcome to the Thank pod. Thank you. It's an, you know, it's an honor. I was, I, I, I mean, I get excited to to prep for every pod because I love to like learn about people, mm-hmm. right? And as long as I've known you, like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Taboo from Black Eyed Peas. They're dope. You know? And then like, it's just, and then we just start vibing and then you just kind of start going from there. But you know, as I started like going into the rabbit holes of mm-hmm. like where the you The vortex,
1: guys, huh? The vortex.
0: Yep. It really is, man. And- I was just blown away of like, wait a second. I don't even think I realize like how deep these guys are and your history. I'm, I'm talking about like 90s history, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then the journey all the way through to obviously the most amazing accolades in music mm-hmm. to your personal career, to where you're at today and life weaving yes, all the sir. way through the ups and downs, mm-hmm. the ebbs and flows of life. Um, Man, I'm honored that you're here, bro Oh,
1: dude, it's a blessing, bro We've been trying to make this happen for a while Ladies and gentlemen, this man has been, like, hitting me up I've been hitting him back, like, (laughs) yo, scheduling And we finally made it happen So for me, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be sitting here with my good friend
0: Dude, wow. Dude, I appreciate you. You just got in town from. You're out in Miami. I was right? in Miami doing okay. the Sports
1: Illustrated party. Yeah, uh, yeah, rocking my my boys, Lay Twins. Big shout out to Lay Twins. You know, yeah, it's always a blessing out. to be able to to support the dance community. Whenever we go out and do shows. I try to bring dancers on stage with me so we can rock together to show the world that this is our foundation and this is how we started.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. Well, man, I love, um, I mean, origin stories. I mean, I'm sure people know a version of your Mm -hmm. your story, but um, tell your story, your side of like, you know, how you grew up, where you grew up and all that.
1: Yeah, so uh, um, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen... Because I know a lot of people thought I was the Asian guy from the Black Eyed Peas. (laughs) I'm not the Asian guy or the Filipino guy. I'm actually Native American and I'm Mexican. Let's go. Um, I did grow up uh, in East Los Angeles and I moved to Rosemead, California, which is in San Gabriel Valley. Um, Started dancing at five years old in my grandmother's uh, living room. She would say, from Los Angeles, California, give it up for Jimmy Gomez. And I would be up there (laughs) doing my thing, dancing. And the smile and the energy she gave me, the vibrancy, no pun intended, she gave me this feeling like if I could make her happy with my dancing, maybe I could make others happy with my dancing. Mm -hmm. And so she always encouraged me to perform and dance, and it all started in my grandmother's living room. So when people say, well, who's your biggest inspiration? It's my grandma. Mm. You know, she's the one that motivated me, and she was a strong native woman from uh, Jerome, Arizona. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she let me dream she would always say dream big believe you can achieve and you know it it led me to the path of like trying to figure out what my dance style would be you know because it started with just like appreciating all dance forms and styles and b-boying was the first thing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I, i tapped into breaking Um, and that was in the eighties and I started like working on my, my footwork and then working on the groundwork and I got really into groundwork and, you know, I started doing all these power moves, but then I was like, wait a minute, how do I set this up? So I started learning up rocks
2: and
1: how to set it up, you know, intro, mid and outro. Mm -hmm. So through that evolution, you know, um, housing came in in the nineties yep. And like, you know, Kid and Play and mm-hmm. MC Hammer and Scoob and Scrap from Big Daddy Kane and uh, Leg One, Leg Two, MC Light, uh, Tops, Scheme Team, yep. Soul yep. Brothers, all these crews started coming in. Yeah. So I started being a student of different styles. And then freestyle was the thing I gravitated to. Mm-hmm. Being able to incorporate a little bit of popping and a little bit of martial arts mm-hmm. and a little bit of footwork so that I could incorporate, be a master at my own craft mm. and my own technique.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's what people saw um, in Joints and Jams. Yep. Sorry to get jump ahead, um, but from the time period that I started uh, finding my, my style, practicing in my backyard three hours a day, over 10,000 hours. Sick. Um, I met Will I Am in Apple at a club mm-hmm. in the 90s. Like It was, uh, I want to say like 92, 93. <clears throat> it was a club called Ballistics. Bud Bundy from Married With Children used to throw this club. And it was the only teenage hip-hop club where all these Hollywood, you know, up-and-comers were to be. Yeah. From Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, Robin Thicke, Paula Patton, you know, uh, um, uh, I mean, Christina Applegate, you name it. They were yeah. all there at this club. And there was, like, an MC battle, which Will, Will and X at the time used to always win. Right. And then there was the Cypher or the Circle where me and Apple, we met in the Cypher. And we became a crew called Grassroots. And it was mm-hmm. dancers, poets, uh, songwriters, producers, musicians. Yeah. This was in the 90s. Will and Apple get signed to Ruthless Records because of Easy e yep. Seeing them at Ballistics with my boy Mook. Um, and they were the first ones to get signed to Ruthless as teenagers. Yeah. So make a long story short, 1995, Easy e passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will and Apple were going to start this new thing cause they couldn't use the name, which was Ad band clan yep. that they used with ruthless, ruthless mm-hmm. records, get off of ruthless and 95 will approach me. He's like, yo, you mm-hmm. know, um, we're going to start this new thing. I was already part of the family. So I said, all right, cool. Let's rock. So I became part of this new thing called black Eye mm-hmm. which is basically the production company when they were signed to ruthless. And it was him and DJ Motivate who were the producers at the time. Mm -hmm. Then Black Eyed Peas became our vehicle. So from 95 until 97, when we got signed to Interscope, um, we were just performing around colleges, Filipino parties, the armory. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you name it, dude. Import, show off, anywhere that we could to get our name out there. We did it because we were trying to get our, you know, our mission was we're going to get signed. Yep. Because we were signed, they were signed to Ruthless. Now we gotta, you know, continue that mission because mm-hmm. we want the world to see our music. Right. Mind you, Apple came from the Philippines in 1989. So our mission was always to be able to travel the world because mm-hmm. Apple's from the PI. Sure. You know, and and that was our thing. It's like we're a multicultural group. We represent what the world is about because Mm. we're all from different cultures but hip-hop and dancing and you know positivity is our frequency
0: yeah yeah man that that's that's a life story right there Mm -hmm. but um let let me take it back to even like let's say just the the dancing part of it so for yourself before you had met will and app um were you like kind of self-trained or were you getting down with other with a crew to kind of i had a crew
1: called divine Travel brothers and we're in the san San gabriel valley um i would go to different high schools and battle i would go to malls and battle at tilt i would battle at in and out across the street from rosemead high school my whole mission in life was to battle yeah that's all i wanted to do yeah i wanted to represent not only my city but my crew but also my culture yeah I was proud to be a Native American Mexican kid that can rock hip hop styles and freestyle and battle other nationalities and crews, but at the end of, the, of our of our battle, it was always peace and love and right, respect. Right. Because yeah. you're you're like in 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 a cipher metaphorically an octagon. Right. You're sparring with each other. You're, yeah. you're you know showing your swords mm-hmm. and slicing and dicing, but at the end of your battle, it was always respect.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing that I learned is like how. I can be part of this warrior spirit, um, and part of this amazing, uh, culture called hip hop mm-hmm. and represent my culture, my ethnic background so that I can show the world how amazing, you know, Native American people are and how amazing Mexican people are so that we can bring cultures together through this vehicle being hip hop. Right. Cause it was, my boys were Filipino, uh, Korean, Asian, Vietnamese, um you know uh mexican black african-american white like we had a gumbo of different nationalities <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the beauty of of hip-hop is there is no color line yeah. although it started in the bronx and i get that when it came to la it was like all these amazing dancers and mcs and graffiti writers and djs we all came from different backgrounds right but it was like, how dope can you rock in that circle, yeah. you know, at that DJ competition, at that open mic, and you were just representing.
0: Where where did you find music for yourself? Were you rapping along with dance? Were you kind of, was it like hand in hand? or?
1: I didn't start rapping until 1993. My okay. boy Eclipse is the one that, uh, big shout out to Longevity Eclipse. Uh, he was part of a crew called Dark Leaf in the 90s. Uh, now he's a solo artist, but he's the one we went to high school together. Me, Eclipse, Antoine Tanner, who's now an actor. Um, we started rapping in high school, and we we um, performed at our first talent show, and it was dancing and rapping. And I, oh. I was like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure about this rap thing because yeah. I don't really know." But then, then as I started to build my confidence, I started becoming a performer. Yeah. So even if I wasn't the most prolific lyrical miracle rapper, sure, sure. I knew my performance could carry me yep. because I knew how to rock the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that was the most important thing as an MC, a master of ceremony, is how you rock the crowd. Mm. I may not have been lyrical miracle, yeah. but I knew that once I stepped on that stage, I'm going to make sure everybody feels me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about such, like, pillar elements of hip-hop from the the dancing b boy side mm-hmm. to, you know, like... To rap, to being able to rock a crowd, you're talking about the cipher, you're talking about the battle. Like like when I first found out about black eyepiece, which was I think Joints and Jams yes. was my introduction to you guys. Yep. I saw the video and that mm-hmm. thing blew my mind because mm-hmm. that year it was in ninety eight yep. when you guys dropped. And uh that was literally at the time where I was discovering dance. So Mm -hmm. I'm just on a mission as a kid to find anything and everything that has dancing in it. So, you know, when you come across a music video that has this breakdown at the end Mm -hmm. where there's just three dudes just going in, and it was mind blowing, because to me, I didn't even know what mop tops were at the Mm -hmm. time, but I found that later. I'm like, yo, these guys kind of move like mop tops, you know what I mean? So like, it was dope to be introduced to your music along with the movement at the same it was packaged it was one and the same thing so to me i was just like yo i'm in it like black eyed peas is the one well we
1: we were students you know like big shout out to buddha stretch Mob tops you know v love uh E, soul brothers big shout out to chameleon you know um brand x uh divine styler you know those were the our forefathers of la and Mm -hmm. new york Mm -hmm. to be able to say look we can be inspired by these frequencies and these styles and this movement and the shapes and the way that they incorporated footwork. And, you know, they were dancing on stair banisters and whatever, you know, it's yeah. just like how you can rock your style on anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and for me, as, as a kid from Rosemead, I was like, man, you know, I found who I am. Mm-hmm. I found my mission in life. Yeah, I just wanted to dance. That was it. I just wanted to dance. I didn't know I was going to be at the forefront, I always thought I was going to be, you know, like, I'm just going to be a dancer. Right. But then as I started to evolve, I picked up a microphone. I was like, oh, this is another weapon. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to use this weapon. Yeah. And then when you're, when you're tired of this weapon, I'm going to go with this other weapon, which is my dancing. Yep. And they're both going to be as as equal. Yeah. Um. Because I felt like I needed to swing both swords or yeah. both tomahawks, so that you can see how powerful the the dance and the MCN was to us, and how much inspiration we took from both elements. Yeah,
0: yeah. Why 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 the name Black Eye Peas? Where did that come so from? So Black
1: Eye Peas was you know just throwing names at the at the up in the air like what about Blue Unit? Nah, that's whack. What is Blue Unit? Uh, <laughs> what about like uh, beans and rice? Beans and rice, that's kind of whack. What about uh, Black Eye Peas? Black Eyed Peas, okay, okay, Black Eyed Peas, what is Black Eyed Peas? Black Uh Eyed Peas is soul food, Uh soul food, okay, and we feed the soul with our music, perfect, Uh Black Eyed Peas, Yeah. so that's how that came
0: about That's dope, that's hella tight So with your guys' journey, so now you guys are a crew and you guys are very multicultural, multi-ethnic you guys living and breathing this hip hop thing and the mission is like, yo, we need to get signed. So mm-hmm. what was what were those first steps um, to get to that that the the starting line? A of lot all of no's.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're not reason. on the list, black IPs. You're not gonna it's not tangible enough. I don't know what to do with this. It's Slum Village, there's already a Tribe called Quest, there's already a Fuji's, black IPs, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah, right? Yeah. So we got a lot of that, like, you know, stop. And we're like, nah, we're not gonna stop. Mm-hmm. That's just fuel for us to keep going. Yep, yep. Fortunately, we had the amazing ability to perform. And we still do. That's like one of another weapon yeah. besides the MCN and the dancing, the performance, the live element, because we had a live band too. Yep. And we still do. Um, to be able to go around doing colleges, doing, like I said, Filipino parties, uh, rock clubs. It didn't matter. We were just like out there doing stuff, right? To the fact that a lot of these colleges had interns that worked at labels, mm-hmm. so along the way of uh, performing and doing our shows, these interns would take back our tapes that we were passing out, right. our demo tapes, right. and we had like you know flyers and all kinds of things to let people know where to reach us because back then there was no social media. Mm-hmm. It was just like email. I mean, not email like guest list and flyers and yep. you know phone numbers make a long story short in 1997 we had a bidding war with uh labels like v2 uh moax um uh warner brothers sony and interscope sony um was offering us a million dollars interscope was offering jimmy ivy was offering a four hundred fifty thousand dollars, and jimmy said you know you guys can go to sony and get a million dollars but I can guarantee, no matter how many records you sell here at Interscope, you will always be able to make records with us. Mm. So we're like, "Yo, like mm-hmm. that sounds great." Because mm-hmm. you know, we we don't know what our future was to become. Sure. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we're gonna go where we're gonna continue working, and Interscope was like down to work with us and build us, like, because we were self-contained. We didn't come from a crew or no one put us on. It was black IPs, right? So we got signed in 1997 and our first album, which was our life from when we first started until we got signed, um, it was called behind the front. Mm-hmm. And that album had songs like Fallen up, get and our single called joints and jams, mm-hmm. which you we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we showed the world a little glimpse of our foundation because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge success. It wasn't like it was all over the radio. You know, there was some mixed shows that were playing it, like Power 106 or whatever. DJ Vice, big shout-out to Vice for Mm. being one of the first to play it. Um, But we believed that we can continue growing on this amazing opportunity. And so um, Behind the Front became critically acclaimed. You know, it was one of those albums that's like a classic. Yeah. um, Because it was from a time period that there was... You know, it was before YouTube, it was before social media, and it was word of mouth. Yeah. And it was tapes. Yeah. Before CDs, it was yeah. tape. Yep. We used to pass out tapes. Yep. Yeah.
0: Man, like when I when I think of joints and jams, like I'm thinking like it takes me to the era where Souls of Mischief, Tribe, yes, Wu Tang, leaders yep. of the new school, mm-hmm. like that was like to me that's the golden era of hip hop, yeah. man. You know, what I mean those those sounds and those records are still getting plays today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that just, like, goes to show that your guys' music is timeless, you know what I mean? And, and I think um, there's, like, a resurgence of even 90s sounds and fashions and trends that are kind of, like, getting repopularized okay. now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but even, like, the speaking of, like, the evolution of, you know, sound to music to you guys as, as a crew and as a group... Um, You guys went from, you know, I mean, let's just keep it real. Like, people were like, yo, you guys are very just like niche hip hop. You have a certain market that you're speaking to. And then there came a point where you guys skyrocketed into outer space. The point that that happened. So in
1: 1999, we released the album called Bridging the Gap. That was our second album. Mm -hmm. And we had all of our favorite artists from De La Soul to, you know, Most Mm Deaf to Lay Nubian to DJ Premier to, um, uh, I mean, Wyclef at the time. You know, all these amazing collaborations that we had. Macy Gray mm-hmm. and Napster happened. Yeah. So at that time period, that's when, you know, like uh, uh, streaming, sur- or what is it called? Like, um,
0: yeah, like streaming music or downloadable music. Downloadable, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: downloading music happened. So our record sales suffered mm-hmm. because it was like people were pirating music right, you know, right. from downloading. And, um, you know, we put out a, a single with Macy Gray that it could have been big, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. That was like our first introduction into the pop world mm. because the song was Request Line. It was a little sure. poppier than yeah, the stuff yeah, that we had. Request we, Line. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a little poppier than what we, we what we had put out with Joints and Jams yep. and Fallen Up and all that stuff. Um, and it was played on TRL. Mm-hmm. We're like, yo, we made it to MTV. <laughs> We're a crew from LA. Yeah. Apple came from the Philippines. Yep. 89. Williams from the ghetto, from the projects of East uh-huh, LA.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I'm a kid from San Gabriel Valley, Rosemead. So we're like, yo, we're on MTV. Our dreams are starting to take off. Like, right. you know, we thought, like, yo, we made it. But in actuality, or I thought we made it, in actuality, I was still living on my mom's couch.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: that was like 99, 2000. Yeah. So in 2001, we started working on this. This idea, which was to become our third album, elefunk
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. 9-11 happened in 2001. Mm-hmm. And the day after 9-11, we went on tour. Wow. The day after. And what did we notice? We noticed a lot of racism and separatism sure. and, and division mm-hmm. within, you know, the United States. Right. So everywhere we would go, we would ask this question like, yo, where's the love? Uh-huh. To each other. Uh-huh. Yo, where's the love, man? There's there's no love here, bro. So we wrote this powerful song. Yeah. And we didn't have a hook yet. So we wrote this song, Where's the Love. The first initial idea, right? We had our verses, and we had um, the post hook from it. I met Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. ciphering, dancing. Mm-hmm. At this club called joseph's in like 2000 and we became friends mm-hmm. this is when he was in the in sync and he was like yo i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do this solo thing i was like oh that's dope bro like yeah. he's like yo i'm on on some like on some hush hush shit, i'm working with pharrell i was yeah. like yo that's dope <laughs> jt yeah he said yo man you know like I, i'm just like i'm nervous because i'm branching out and, and i was like yo i got this idea that that we wrote. What if you, you know, can I send it to you? Mm-hmm. So I sent it to him. Yeah. He calls me back and he's like, yo, I got the idea. I, I got it. First I told him, we need something like Mercy, Mercy Me or what's yeah, going yeah, on by yeah, Marvin yeah. Gaye. Uh-huh. We need that type of hook. Yep. Next thing you know, he calls me back. He's like, Tab, I got it. So he sings, you know, people killing, people dying. He sings that over the phone to me. Yeah. I, I, hang, I hang up. I call Will. I'm like, yo, Will, yo, dude, I got the hook. He's like, you got the hook? I said, yeah, I got the person to sing the hook. He's like, who? I said, Justin Timberlake. He's like, Justin Timberlake from Backstreet Boys? <laughs> tab, seriously? I'm like, yo, no, Will, he's from NSYNC. Yeah. He's, he's doing a solo thing, Will. Like, trust me, dude, it's, it's big, Will. Yeah. Dude, Tab, boy band? Come on, Tab. Yeah. I'm like, yo, trust me. Please, Will, trust me. It's big. Uh Uh-huh. So he's like, all right, we'll bring him into the studio. Uh Uh-huh. We brought him into the studio, and that's when he had broken up with Britney Spears, and that's when he had done the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson.
2: Yeah, That situation
1: had happened. (laughs) He comes in, lays that amazing hook, Mm -hmm. and that changed our life. That song changed Uh, our life. Yeah, it took me from sleeping on my mom's couch to now being able to provide i had my son at 17 josh yeah to provide stability for my son mm-hmm. to have my own place to give him a, a, his own home like that he can have his own room and and we we owe it all to where's the love
2: mm.
1: where's the love changed our lives and that album changed our lives wow. Ella funk that was the third album mm-hmm. you know we had songs like let's get it started and we had hey mm-hmm. mama and you know it just it was that time period where the shifting of going from an underground group to now having the message mm-hmm. of still the foundation of black i p s be spread around the world, yeah, and that's what we wanted to do, yeah, we wanted the world to embrace us,
0: yeah, man. I'm getting chills, bro, like as you're talking about all this. You know, again, from just the the fans' perspective, is like, yeah, that song was hot, and they blew it up. Like, it's just because all we receive is the product. Of we don't know the story, you yeah. know. And and the cool thing to me is that the messaging behind the song, where is the oh, love? Man. bro? Like, you know what I mean? You gotta understand?
1: It was the lightest, hardest song at that time period. Mm-hmm. Will's calling the CIA, the KKK terrorist. We got terrorists here living in the big USA, the CIA, Sheesh. the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I was
1: talking about chemical gases filling lungs of little ones. On Kiss FM, all the pop radio stations were talking, were playing this record that had heavy themes. Yeah. I feel the weight of the world on my shoulder. As I'm getting older, y'all, people gets colder. Some of y'all don't care about money. You know, it's like these, these themes and these visions that we had when we were writing were so divided because that's what we saw when we were touring yeah and we kept asking that where's the love you know it's like for that to be the 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 jump off start for our career as a as a success around the world like globally moving units numbers being number one on the billboard charts beating out beyonce and eminem and, and and um and and 50 cent at that time
2: yeah Sheesh,
1: you know it's it like wild, I love man. those those are my some of my favorite artists, but yep. to be able to be number one on the billboard charts, we had never felt that before, yeah,
0: yeah, so I mean that just goes to show that the power of messaging and obviously sonically the the song was just yeah. it's an incredible song, yeah. but the messaging behind that yeah. was literally what the world needed it was needed. and, and it was wasn't needed. even that you guys were like what can we like do to like hit people's yeah. heartstrings right now I was like yo this was something like yo where's the lo-? like yeah. that was something you guys were experiencing and that was a genuine question something that was passionate you know in your guys hearts we were like we need to put out something that like feeds the the issue right now you know well, what I mean? And,
1: and also like makes us uh understand the capability of the voice right being a voice to Mm. the people and striking a chord with with conversations that are uncomfortable yeah because people weren't talking about that and daisy chicks got you know banned from radio for for having something even close to what we had Mm. but we're calling you know bloods and crips and kkk and and the cia terrorists yeah the FCC didn't have a problem with it. I guess we got away with it, right. but, but it like <laughs> yeah. you know it just um, it was a theme that was very controversial at the time. Yeah, but people embraced it. Right. And you know we we were um, we we had the the light and the voice to be able to travel the world to give that message. Right. Because we toured with that song we toured with Justin and Christina on the Justified tour Mm -hmm. and we when we sang that song I mean people's faces they just like they needed that moment to embrace it Mm -hmm. so I mean even to this day 2020 with all the stuff that's happening you know we're still asking the question where's the love exactly
0: that's what I'm saying man it's 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 unfortunate. It's not like, oh yeah, it's still relevant today. It's kind of almost sad it's that sad. It's, it's a blessing
1: e- and a curse. Exactly. You know, we always say that it's yeah. like, yeah, why do we have to make that song? Yes, we had to make it because of the time and all the situation that happened in 2001. But also it's like, man, why do we keep getting asked to perform that song right. when situations are hap- continue yep. to happen yep. and keep on getting worse, you know? Yeah. Performing that at the One Love Manchester a couple of years ago I with Ariana, I was like I was watching that last it was so night, powerful, man. Powerful, bro.
0: Just seeing the whole crowd, the whole crowd singing, and you know? I was like, man, it's wild. Because that's
1: the last place you expect mm-hmm. for those acts to happen mm-hmm. at a concert, mm-hmm. where you're just supposed to have a good time, and there's kids in the in the audience, and it's about you know positivity and just feeling good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you got to worry about that at a concert. Yeah, it's, it's just sad.
0: It's crazy, man. <clears throat> As we're I mean, before we even started rolling, we were kind of catching up with just uh yeah, life. You know, last time I saw you, it was right after we did A B D C yes, We did um we did the tra- transmit track with you mm-hmm. and like um so it's been a good
1: man, five, six years, You right? guys had a, a opening in San Diego at bait? Yeah. Well, during comic con or mm-hmm, something you guys mm-hmm. had like a, a release i went yeah. to that we went to disneyland we just went we broke bread as friends yeah, you know and yeah. that's the thing is in our dance community when you build friendship uh with dancers and human beings that are uh like-minded spirits mm-hmm. you know it's it's a blessing to continue those relationships right. because i'm all about like you know like let's let's stay connected yeah. Um, sometimes people disconnect and they go their own ways. But for me, it's like if I can if I can show you that I'll always remain the same, yeah, I'll evolve, but I'll always remain the same. Yeah. When I can and when, when, when I'm able to be there, I will be there for you. For sure. You know? For
0: sure. And But, you know, we also were talking just even catching up with like, yo, man, the past five years have been crazy. Yeah. Not even just like we've been doing so well and here we are. I'm like, no, it's been tough. It's and, been tough and um, you know you go through your trials and tribulations as a crew especially you know when you're with a bunch of guys who are talented mm-hmm. and they're dudes that you know we all struggle with the, our male ego to everybody has our personal dreams and agendas which is not wrong and nothing you know not to uh, to talk bad or shame any of that but it's like it makes things difficult you know and we're talking about just like how do you keep that um, the unity and that, that bond strong and it's you're gonna have those roller coasters of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and as we're talking about this theme of love, and like as I'm sitting here talking to you, even before we started rolling, and then you were like, dude, that resonates with me, like with the peas and like mm-hmm. things that we had gone through. Um, you know, so sitting where you're at, like today, as Taboo Now, mm-hmm. 2020, with um, looking back in your career to all the things that you guys have like experienced as a crew, what do you feel like has been the. Um, I mean, here you are, you, you like you're saying, you're stronger than ever now, yeah. you know what I mean? But there, that wasn't always the case, you know what I mean, right. throughout the years. And so talking about the theme of like, where's the love and all that, like, how do you feel like you've been able to kind of navigate the, the kind of maybe tougher times into where you're at today?
1: Well, I always say I'm like a cat with nine lives because I went through, um, you know, and I wrote a book about this. I went through addiction and alcoholism mm-hmm. in 2000 uh, from, you know. 99 to like 2007 when i became sober Mm -hmm. and i'm proud of my sobriety yeah sobriety is sacred yeah um for me i i just i embody that that's something that's very you know i thought that was my life after that time period Mm -hmm. because i felt like yo i made it i survived this you gotta understand ladies and gentlemen when you're in the music industry or in the entertainment business you're filled with you know drugs and alcohol and girls and this that and the third because that's what it's about It's about the good life, quote unquote, the good life, a perception of a good life. When in actuality, misery loves company. Hmm. And sometimes the company is drugs. It's alcoholism. It's the fast life. And sometimes you don't get the opportunity to survive that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Fortunately, I survived it. Um, 2007, I got arrested for DUI. And uh, I wrote a book about it called Falling Up. It's on Amazon.com. If you choose to pick it up, cool. It's a motivational book. It's dope because I got to put a lot of my life experience into it. But there's more story to be told. And we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was my first initial uh, taste of survival. Mm -hmm. I was a teen parent. So that was like, you know, finding my way as a teen parent, as a 17-year-old kid trying to balance... Being a parent, but also uh, chasing my dreams. So from 2007, when I became sober, till now, I've been living this life of like really ho- holding my sobriety on a on a high pedestal sure. because it saved my life. I was a trash bro. I was on a disaster suicidal mission. Mm. That's how I was living because it was it was always there. You know, and with money comes. You know, excessiveness and and overindulging. And I overindulge beyond Mm. my means. And I live to tell about it. So that was my first experience to be able to to speak on a testimonial perspective, to give my testimony of surviving that. Then, you know, fortunately, I met my wife. Uh, In '99, And then we disconnected from 99 until 2004. Then we got back together. She saw me go through my trials and tribulations, dealing with my, you know, addiction. Yeah. But she stuck with me. She's the strength. She's the core of my foundation. Without my wife, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, And she saw me go through, you know, the evolution of of becoming a sober man. Then we had, we got married in 2008, year after that. We had our first child together in 2009 and then, uh, we built our family. So in 2011, um, you know, after the success of Black Eyed Peas from 2003 till two th- until 2011, there yeah, was so yeah. much, you know, my preferred yeah. professional life that was success. Right. But then 2011, we went on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Everybody did their own thing and I disconnected from everything because I wanted to, paved my own way and I could do it without my crew my ego Yeah, exactly what yeah. you're talking about ego mm-hmm. I can do this I can be my own brand I could be my own whatever right sure and I started feeling myself started feeling like yeah I could do this right and Will would be like yo Tab why don't you come to the studio and I'd be like oh, you know I've just I disconnected mm-hmm. and it was a big mistake mm. because I feel like creator was like oh you're gonna disconnect from the things that got you there I'm going to hit you with another reality check.
2: Hmm.
1: And I got diagnosed with cancer in
2: 2014.
1: Wow. And, I, and I felt like I'm going to die. Wow. Because I didn't know how severe it was. Let alone knowing that I was going to go into chemotherapy after I had my surgery to remi- remove my right testicle, mm-hmm. to remove my, my tumor that I had in my, my spine and my two lymph nodes. That's why I had to do chemo. So I did chemo for 12 weeks, five days a week, six hours a day. And it was like nightmare, torture and war all in one inside my crazy. body. That's what it felt like. Yeah. So it brought me and my crew closer. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Me, Will and Apple became closer because of that. And it was like me being disconnected. And then we connected because of the traumatic experience. Mm. But the biggest rock and the, the most solid, um foundation was my wife mm-hmm. and my kids and my family, of course, because they were there with me. And I I survived it because my warrior spirit came in. I thought my battles in backyard parties and at clubs and, you know, ciphers and circles were, were brutal. Mm-hmm. This battle was the ultimate. Yeah. Because now it's survival of the fittest. Right. And um, fortunately, I beat it. And along the times that I was doing chemotherapy, I like talking about this because, um, things that took my mind off of the trauma that I was experiencing was watching a lot of dance videos. Word. So a lot of old school stuff, you know, uh, watching, you know, from, from, uh, Beat Street to break in to mop top videos to scheme team videos to you know uh, freestyle session videos, b boy videos, Nicholas Brothers, mm. Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, Michael Jackson. Um, it just uh, James Brown. It was just like I started feeling myself with as a student so that I can take my mind off of the trauma that I was experiencing. I used all this energy of the things that I love, yeah, which is the art form of dance to be able to generate my body yeah. and to beat this and to fight all the, the bad stuff that was going on, yeah. I needed something good. And dancing has always been part of my journey since I was five. So it always took me to like, I can beat this right. because I'm going to get back on that stage and I'm going to be able to dance again. Mm-hmm. So it was it was dancing and sport videos like and, and watching ESPN that took my mind off of the trauma I was experiencing.
0: Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, that sometimes extreme cases are the the things that we unfortunately need to rattle rattle us up a little bit to yeah. um, start to really realize what is truly valuable, right? And, and I mean, it's dope to hear that at, at your greatest time of need, your crew, your brothers are like, yo, man, we're here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your wife, your rock was there, and you beat it. Um, that's also just... An amazing story by itself, you know, and, but, you know, as, as incredible as that is, and you can be like, cool, I'm gonna write this book and I'm gonna, you know, whatever. It's like, i'm um, that's not the end of my story. No, that's just not. one little thing. And yeah. that was a hurdle and I got to keep going, you know? And so,
1: so just to continue that after I beat cancer, um, I felt like creator was like, your mission is not done. You got more life to live. And it's yeah. not just about dancing and, and entertainment. Yeah you got to be a beacon of light and sh- use your testimony to inspire and give people hope. Mm-hmm. And so I really reconnected uh, with my native American roots mm-hmm. because my grandmother was my, my biggest inspiration. Yeah. I've always been proud of both being, you know, Mexican and native American, but I never really tapped into being of service to my communities the way that I have after that. Yeah. I didn't know the being a what, vo- what a being a voice meant. Mm hmm. I knew I was proud of my culture, but actually going to Standing Rock mm-hmm. and doing the Native Nations mm-hmm. March and being in the trenches, being doing the groundwork to understand how I can be a voice in pop culture through a frequency of music and positivity, mm-hmm. but also give back to indigenous communities and help the Native youth be inspired and, and give them hope as well because we need that. We yeah. need Beacon of Lights. We need people that are on a big stage and do have a huge platform to be able to be of service to those folks as well. And so I've made it a, a, a duty not only to, to do that uh, in indigenous communities, but also uh, uh, for cancer survivors or patients yeah. to be that person to inspire them as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I saw the, your stand up, the standing yeah, rock standing song, up, yeah. saw the video and
1: big shout out to Meg seven. Those were the MCs that were part of that.
0: Yeah, And again, man, it was just, um, a power, another powerful moment for, you know, for me who obviously we like, we live and that's that's the, the thing that kind of sucks. Is like When you're like geographically separated from something, you don't feel the, the weight of something, right? we are like, oh that's going on that's crazy. Yeah. And it was actually your song and then I started like oh shoot, what what is this? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I started digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. So even from like, I'll, you know, I'll throw myself under the bus for somebody who may be kind of ignorant to a lot of the things going on Literally on our on our own soil, just mm-hmm. a little bit farther from where we're at, it, it made me. It educated me because I was like, "Wait, there's something going on here." And then I remember even the Impact and Villain and Twinges were like, "Yo, we gotta like do something." Even yeah. if if we have a, a a stage, if we have a microphone and a platform, um, what else are we using this for? We mm-hmm. gotta bring you know visibility to things that are really going on in the world. So. That, yeah. that was inspiring to us even. I mean, you know it was
1: beautiful to see the Twinges and, and Logistics do their, the video, um, their, their celebration and yeah. their bringing um, visibility to the issue yeah. uh, that was happening at Standing Rock. You know, when you have folks that are allies like that, that may not necessarily be Native, but mm-hmm. have their own Indigenous yep. Yep. backgrounds and their own stories to tell, but are able to use exactly what you said, their platform and their voice— of their art form yeah. to be able to describe or to paint a picture mm-hmm. to be able to amplify the voice of the voiceless. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, you know, even from there, so like, you know, I, I've been, you know, I follow your life journey to, you know, like there is this, even though, like you said, we, we don't, we may not connect, uh, you know, even, you know, verbally face to face. And then, like, I just, you know, you sent me a bunch of stuff that you're doing, and I I already had seen it the Marvel the mm-hmm. Marvel Comics mm-hmm. number one thousand and all that, and then the whole Werewolf by Night thing. I'm just like, Yo, Tab is on something else right now. Like now you're tapping into, you know, like with the stuff that we geek out on, like the yeah. whole like comic book yeah. and the anime and well, that whole thing. You know, what well, I mean?
1: Comic Con has always been a big part of my journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a toy collector since back in the day. Yeah. You know, toys have always been a part of my nostalgia and my, my inspiration. Yeah. You know, because without my childhood, I probably wouldn't have the imagination and the creative engine that I have up here Mm. to be a storyteller. Yep. To be a narrator. Yeah. Um, And whether it's comic books or, or, or music or, you know, feature films or animation, like that's my next journey. Mm. They always talk about act two. This is my act two. Mm -hmm. My partnership with Marvel is my act two. Mm hmm that's why I say like but you notice that once again it's about giving back to indigenous people yeah and that's why werewolf by night had to be a native character yeah Jake Gomez who's the the now the the new name that I'm giving the new werewolf by night mm-hmm. it's based on kind of like my life the grandma Aurora is my grandma uh-huh you know jet Juliana that's my daughter so I mm. just put a little piece of my experience in my life right. into this comic book yeah. because I wanted it to be as personal and as connected to my roots mm-hmm. to give indigenous people and native people, um, hope and uh, a hero that they could connect with and say, look, they're, they're yeah. not, this is not culture appropriation. This mm-hmm. is like celebration of our culture mm-hmm. because I'm proud. I'm proud to be able to have this platform, this connection and this partnership with Marvel because we got to change the narrative of storytelling, mm. and I feel like Marvel has done a great job to be able to listen to my views and my perspectives, so that we can give a genuine and authentic voice to uh, native storytelling. Mm. Black Panther did it. Yep. You know they they changed the narrative of of what they wanted to tell. So if we can have Red Wolf and Werewolf by Night be the first uh, impactful uh, Native American heroes. From Marvel, that's my job to bring that to life mm,
0: mm, I love that, yeah, I mean, as you're saying, like you know there are so many stories to be told, and um it seems like we're in that time where uh the microphone is being passed around now a little bit a little bit better than it has been in history, you know, if we as you mentioned, like Black Panther mm-hmm. to, you know, Werewolf by Night and like even within, you know, Asian culture, I mean, there's the first Asian based Marvel character yeah, movie sure. that's coming out, you know what I mean? So like it's a good time, you know, and um, whether that be just because of the woke culture or whatever it is, it's never been done and it and it, it it it's been waiting. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. long time coming, you know? So, you know, with you know, you being um, obviously very proud of your heritage, your Mexican heritage, your Native American heritage. You have this platform now. You have a, you know, you have Marvel giving you this platform mm-hmm. to tell your story.
1: Big shout out to my writing partner, Ben. Ben, he's uh, He's been with us since, uh, can I actually show you the first comic that we did? Of
0: course. I'd love to see it, man. Sorry. It's all good. I'm going to take a little pause here as he... Brings out the gold. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, just to give the viewers a little insight, this is the first graphic novel that Black IP Peas presented, and it was written by Will. I Am and uh, Ben Benjamin. Um, and this partnership, actually, this is for you. What? Yeah, that's for oh you. Oh my God. So, this partnership wow. Thank you, um, was built through years and years of Will. Um, trying to fine tune this graphic novel. And I remember when he first showed me, it was just the the graphic novel without a partner. Um, And I had been building with Marvel for years because of Comic-Con. Yeah. I met my boy, Daniel Fink, who, uh, you know, he's like, yo, if you have anything to bring to Marvel, I was like, nah, I don't really have anything yet. And this is before will presented this, this uh, graphic novel to me that Ben and him had wrote. Um, and he's like, yo, check this out. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, let's take this to Marvel. He's like, once again, the Justin Timberlake moment. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Tab. Marvel's not going to want to do this. Yeah. I'm like, Will, trust me. I just beat cancer. Yeah. Anything is possible. Yep. Let me just connect the dots. Yeah. I got this connection at Marvel. He's like, all right, cool. So I connected it. Yeah. He brought the AR and the VR components, showed the graphic novel. Marvel loved it. So that was our first introduction to having a IP or intellectual property at Marvel. So we partnered up with Marvel because of this amazing graphic novel done and written by Will I Am and Ben, Benjamin Jackendorf. Wow. And then, so when we first met, um, I met Ben at Comic-Con. hmm and I was like, "Yo, I want to do Native American storytelling." He's like, "Dope, let's let's ping pong." Mm-hmm. So we started ping ponging on ideas. This was 2015. Mm-hmm. Wait, 2017. Okay, when we released this, yeah. So we started building, and we branched off and went back into music mode. But I always kept in touch with Ben about building and ping ponging, and what about this? What if we did this? And we we just like we. Became like kindred spirits on the writing tip. Yeah. And the first thing we did was this Marvel 1000 right here. This comic book right here. Sick. And we, we we chose Red Wolf as the muse for this because, once again, I want to elevate Native storytelling. Mm-hmm. So we wrote this from scratch. It was something new. We had Jeff Vereghi, who's a Native American artist, illustrate it. He does one pages. So he did the one page on this. And it was the first time that I had actually done something outside of what Black IPs had done mm-hmm, with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I kept in touch with CB, who's the chief editor, um, and Tom, and then Jake, who is my guy who reached out to me. His name's Jacob Thomas. He's like, Yo, would you want to write the new Werewolf by Night? We want to make it a native character. And yeah. we know that that's your world. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sure. So, me and Ben went into the studio, into the laboratory, and we started building, and we started writing, and we got with our illustrator, his name is Scott Eaton, um, to illustrate it. And now, we have this amazing partnership um, with Marvel again. Mm -hmm. This is the third time. First time was that. Second time, Marvel 1000. Now, we have Werewolf by Night, and that's coming out in April. Sick. Yeah.
0: That's crazy, man. (laughs) at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kin Aesthetic Brand. I remember seeing this because you guys had posted about this, yeah, in 2017. And it was one of those things that was kind of like, of course it's going to blow my mind because I just geek out on this type yeah. of stuff. and But it wasn't like... Um, It wasn't a surprise even, meaning I'm like, of course they would do that, you know what I mean? And I think even just knowing the things that, um, you know, inspire your guys, you guys as a crew and what you guys do as a package, like, you know, when you infuse, like, I mean, even in joints and jams, bro, you were wearing like a, a martial arts, like Chinese gi and like you were incorporating martial arts and I'm like, I know these guys are into like so many other things that inspire their artistry and the way that they think. And it's what's dope is that um, I think it's there's this you don't put yourself in a box where it's you're not limited to oh, I'm, I'm hip hop, so I guess I only have to make this type of music or dress this kind of way. It's, fu- or, it's
1: funny, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Will M always makes a joke. He's like, man you celebrate every single culture in the freaking gambit. He's like, mm. in Joints and Jams, you were Chinese. Then you were the Japanese guy with long hair. Yeah. Then you were the Mexican guy. Now you're the Native American guy. You're <laughs> celebrating. You're like the Benetton of all cultures. I'm like, man, I just, you know, I, you go through your evolution of trying mm-hmm. to find yourself mm-hmm. and what your visual component is, your yeah. your your presence and who you are. I found myself. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you go through these Weird stages of your life and you're like, damn, why did I wear that? Well, what was I thinking? But you have to go through those experiences to become the person that you are to become. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I always had the love and appreciation for my, my cultures. Yeah. But I ventured off and tried other things, got into martial arts, yeah. got into capoeira, got into, because these are the things that, that were still part of hip hop conversation. Mm-hmm. Wu-Tang was the yep, prime example yep. of how you can be inspired by, exactly. you know, Asian culture and yeah. martial arts and in, implement it into hip hop. And that's just that's the way I did it, too. Right. Right.
0: Well, I love I love this topic and I know that it can go a whole rabbit hole in, in, in talking about this. But you mentioned cultural appropriation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that's stuff that we still talk about. It's still a topic, um, you know, especially when it comes to things revolving hip hop. And, you know, let's keep it real. A good majority of Kinjas is Asian, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But very much into hip-hop culture. We grew up with it. We danced the style. We're into the culture. It's not this thing. It's like, oh, let me see what this hip-hop thing is all about mm-hmm. and see if I can, you know, subscribe to this thing. Yeah. But it's like, no, this is who we are. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, with Kinjas too, we're like, but we're also not going to shy away from our Asian heritage. Yeah. And it's like, why can't those things marry? Exactly. Why can't those things infuse? and and we fully understand that hip-hop music the dance the whole like it's it's black culture and we understand where it comes from but um I guess even just from the way that you're talking about you celebrate all these cultures but you know I don't look to you as somebody like yo man like you're appropriating all these different I'm just like That's hip hop to me. Like it's, it's bringing everything together, understanding the roots of it, and then finding that place of how do we unify? How do we like, but understanding the foundations, understanding the roots and all that. And I say this respectfully
1: because I I am very aware of cultural appropriation, but hip hop is about sampling. Mm. It's about infusing, Mm -hmm. cross pollinating, um, to be able to find your own sound metaphorically. Right. Whether you're, you know, a hip hop jazz crew or a hip hop funk crew or G funk or we all in hip hop culture sample from other inspirations sure. and flavors. Yeah. So for me personally, because I sampled other flavors with you know the, the dress or the inspiration or the way that I moved, I had to go through that to mm-hmm. figure out what my destiny and my journey was to mm-hmm. become. Mm-hmm. Because you're young your Your brain is like a sponge, and you're you know you don't know about appropriation until you really understand what it means,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even with my native culture, there's a certain respect and empathetic level of protocol that I have to follow, and I have to understand when going into storytelling, mm-hmm. especially if you're speaking about the res or if you're speaking about regalia or different tribes and different nations because not all of it is the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to walk very sensitive around these landmines that people will call you out on it. Well, you're not from the rest. You were born in LA. Oh, you're a half you're a half breed. How much percentage are you? Mm. You know, do you have your your, your uh Indian ID? Uh, you know, do you have IHS? Like these are the things mm-hmm. that I have to be empathetic and sensitive sure. when speaking about you know, storytelling, especially yeah. in the native space. And I learned this, I learned this the hard way because I've made mistakes mm-hmm. and I'll say this, I continue saying this, I don't know everything about being native because I was born in LA. Right. But what I do know is I like to educate myself and keep myself informed and humbly, I will continue to grow and evolve as a student in my own culture, mm-hmm. respectfully. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still learning what it's like to be Mexican-American. Right. I'm still learning what it's like to be Native sure. in this crazy world because there's not a lot of Natives in L.A. that come from Jerome, Arizona, like my grandmother did. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I got to figure my way out and ask the questions, find the right uh, mentors and resources so that I can, you know, understand. Totally. But I won't go too deep into it because, dude, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a kid from L.A., but mm-hmm. I'm proud of both cultures. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and that's there's a lot to be learned from that. I mean, I'm uh, really just trying to be even receptive because I think, um, you know, we like I said, we have our our thoughts and feelings, and these aren't just half baked thoughts and feelings. We we have these discussions, and we uh, we we try as best as we can to learn from every perspective because every perspective has something to offer to the conversation. You know what I mean? And even as you're talking, I'm like, Whoa, dude, that's, that's good for me to know that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the great thing with, um, sharing, sharing knowledge and having the ability to be vulnerable and talk about, yo, like this, this stuff I, I, is sensitive to me. And, and here's why, you know what I mean? And then for me to receive that and not put up my wall, like, nah, dude, like I already have my experience. So I don't need to hear about yours. Cause I already know what I know, yeah. but rather like, no, like educate me so that I can maybe take some of that and maybe I can share some of that to educate the it's next person. It's a ping person. pong session. Exactly. Exactly. You know, back
1: and forth, yeah. you, you get, you're able to share information and educate each other. Whether we're speaking about hip hop, culture, fashion, dance it's like we're students and we're constantly evolving and and absorbing so that we can continue learning. You never stop learning.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of that evolutionary process, I mean, so from, you know, we talk about you as an artist um, and, you know, philanthropy and, you know, there's a side to all of that, even though whether it be a, uh, an active intentional thing, but you are an entrepreneur, like you are a business in and of yourself. Mm-hmm. You are your own brand, though you carry black IPs on your back, you're taboo, you For know sure. what I mean? And, um, you know, even moving into the space of like the athletic realm, you know, you, you came out with the shoe with Nike, right? The, the, Nike the yeah. So, um, like, can we, can we talk a little sure. bit about that? Like how, how, well, first of all, why, like, why were you feeling like I would love to get um, into Nike and get like a shoe, you know what I mean? Like what was the whole, so the, the that? initial
1: mission was to help Indian country, native youth. Cause N seven is a division of Nike that's specifically for native American communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in it to help, to be of service. If I can, you know, amplify their mes- mission statement, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at it like, Oh, I'm going to make a shoe right I looked at it like if I could be an ambassador of good goodwill mm-hmm. and inspiration and hope to native youth that's what I want to do you know it wasn't a money play I didn't you know it's it's not about money mm. it's about filling a void that my grandmother started when she spoke to me about Jerome Arizona mm. and her culture and how to you know dream big and this was that dream big mo- moment mm-hmm. because being affiliated with such an amazing uh opportunity with Sam McCracken, who's the visionary behind N7 and also just being aligned with all these ambassadors from Indian country and being in the same breath as them. For me, it was like, yo, this is, this is me learning about my culture Mm -hmm. and learning ways that I can be a voice and help. Um, and it was about that, Mm -hmm. you know, everything else was just like icing on the cake, being able to to collaborate with Tinker Hatfield to design this legendary, legendary um, you know, and all the things that that I was able to do with N7, you know, and I feel like you keep on evolving. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not a a, a a ploy to try to you know all of a sudden, yo, I'm I'm part of Nike, and you know, I'm things changed. It's like no, it's it was a it was a moment to be of service, mm-hmm. and that's how I look at it mm. because it happened right after beat cancer. When I went to Standing Rock, mm-hmm. I became part of N seven. All those things started presenting themselves as like, this is your way to give back to what your grandmother started.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's never a money play. Mm-hmm. It's just being of service. Cause yeah. sometimes you get so caught up in your own, you know, your own thing that you forget, I have a huge foundation and a huge platform, but I'm not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. It's just all about me. You're self indulgent. Your, your your ego is like, I'm complacent, I'm good, I'm rich, I'm this, mm-hmm. I'm that, right? But in actuality, we're just human beings trying to make it. Mm-hmm. So when you get a, a an experience like I had when I beat cancer, I was like, yo, I just, I want to be able to give, pay it forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how I've been paying forward. Whether it was, you know, the American Cancer Society, and I was doing work with them, N7, Doing work with the Mag Seven, which is the um, the group that I worked with, the Native Kids, that we did stand up, standing rock, and One World. Um, whether it was Native Nations March, Natives in Philanthropy, I've always made it a point to be of service. Yeah, and that's that's like paying it forward. That's my grandmother speaking through me and saying, mm-hmm. "This is what you need to be doing, Jimmy. Yeah, this is where you need to be."
0: Yeah, man, um, I love that you're talking about being of service because though I'm talking about entrepreneurship and here's just, I mean, I'm not in any way saying I'm like kind of a a guru or expert because I'm learning too. I'm like, because we're over here building businesses, studios. We're like, what are we doing? We're like, we dance. You know what I mean? So we're like learning as we go. And so, I mean, I love how you um, address being of service. And in light of the question that I asked about um, being an entrepreneur and, and what I've been learning about People who are really successful. I mean, sure, you can go into business for just profitability, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is gonna make me a ton of money. That's why I'm gonna do it. But the ones that I really um, learn a lot from are the ones who go into it because they feel like there is a need to be filled, and whether that's a food need, whether mm-hmm. that's you know a philanthropic sort of venture. It's I know that if I do this, it's going to help someone or something in some kind of way, right? Well,
1: well you understand, like. I'm blessed. Yeah. I worked my ass off to get the success and whatever the monetary gain. I get that to get to where I'm at. Right. Throughout the years, traveling with the peas, touring, doing the stuff that we've done, we've become very successful, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't define the person that I am. Yeah. You know, like I don't live my life by how much money I have in the bank or what I'm able, how much money I'm able to make with my partnerships or whatever, you know, that's like, when you're dealing with something as drastic, and I'm going to say this again, as battling cancer, you deal with, am I going to survive this? Uh-huh. And do I really take money with me when I die? No, you don't. So all that is bullshit to me. Yeah. And that's why after I beat cancer, I went so deep into being of service,
2: mm-hmm.
1: aligning myself with, like I said, the organization's the n7s the just because i knew that i can help people right because there was a reason why i beat cancer and i always think of like there's a reason for everything yep right destiny I, it's not by chance it's not by luck there was yep. a reason creator yep. had my back and all these things really manifested themselves to be able to to use this amazing gift of yeah. blessings and being alive and all the things to be able to get to where I'm at now yeah
0: and that's what I'm saying is that the if the motivation and the drive is to serve, You've already found the value in whatever the venture is. You know, yeah. like someone could look like like myself. I could look at Nike's like, dang, like that's amazing. Tinker Hatfield this is probably making a ton of money. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's just what the surface value of, of it course. could look like. And then hearing yours, like, no, nah, it wasn't about that. It was to serve. And I was yeah. like, holy crap, like you know what I mean? It, it just it shifts perspective on what you truly. Um, find to be valuable. Yeah, well, just say. to give
1: you a little perspective of the proceeds from N7, every product 100% goes into Native communities Love that. to help kids, um, you know, when it comes to uh, health and wellness, when it comes to athletics. You know, res ball is a big thing in Indian country, you know, for um, whether it's gear or facilities that they can play basketball in, skateboard parks, you know, things like that where if we can have the next youth be be able to have those facilities i want to be of service with that yeah because then i'm helping indian country and that's one of my biggest things is how do i be of service to my own communities yep cuz i don't really need that i don't really need the, the you know the, the the fame or whatever the 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 uh, you know whatever the glitz and glamour that comes behind oh you're with that brand or you're with that because that's not my motivation Mm -hmm. i've never been motivated by a brand Yep. because at the end of the day i don't live my life for a brand it's like what's my mission statement Mm -hmm. i live for my mission
2: Mm
1: -hmm. my mission right now is to be of service to my communities to be that voice to be that that beacon to be that that inspiration to the kids Mm -hmm. because i have kids i want them to look at me like yo Dad wasn't just a musician. Yeah, he didn't just leave a catalog of music; he left a legacy mm. to inspire people and to use this blessing of life to give others hope.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of like legacy, man, I was just, um, you know, with obviously with the the passing of Kobe, um, you know, just a little over a week ago. You oh, know, I just rest been in
1: peace. Yeah, and, rest and in peace, Kobe. My, man. my heart goes out to Vanessa, and Natalia, and the little ones. You know, they're. I'm just getting choked up thinking about it because they were personal friends of ours. You yeah. know, my wife and, and Vanessa have like a cool relationship and we've, we've had moments together as yeah. a fam, families and families and to, to hear the loss of our friend and as a hero and as a father, it just like, it breaks me up because yeah. I have a daughter Yep. and my daughter was born after I beat cancer. So our connection is really tight. Hmm. Um, but it's just sad, man. It's sad yeah. to lose a hero like that. Absolutely, man.
0: You know, and I, I, you know, I read your, um, your IG post about it and I, you know, I feel that, I mean, obviously I don't have that kind of relationship, but even from somebody from, simply from the fans perspective, right? Like to see a man's legacy, to, to hear, it's just, I'm still seeing new, uh, articles, new interviews, new, I'm just like, this guy has just like an endless amount of things that he's done and said that is inspiring Mm -hmm. the world. And, you know, um, and then I somehow, because I, you know, he was in the, the documentary, I am Bruce Lee, which was, you were yeah. a part of that as well. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing people, um, you know, when you're a part of something like that, Bruce Lee's legacy is another one that has changed the face of this earth, the way that we perceive entertainment, yeah. martial arts, all of that, that man well, was responsible for that. Well, you that's know? why
1: Bruce Lee was my inspiration as a kid. Um, and that's why I incorporated the technique. Of martial arts in joints and jams was because of bruce lee's Mm -hmm. imprint his Mm -hmm. dna Mm -hmm. was part of my storytelling at that time my dancing came from a little bit of his dna yeah so you know as as a kid growing up like you see that on television and you see these heroes and you want to embody whatever that essence is of like that confidence when you step on stage or you're in a circle and you just like You know, it's not, you're not fighting, but you're going into a battle of your own, you know, Mm -hmm. so.
0: Yeah. And with, you know, talking about legacy, I think legacy is left when you transcend the medium that you became popular from, meaning. Bruce Lee wasn't just a martial artist, an actor. He was a philosopher. Yep. He touched lives. He changed people's w- perspective on being able to see things in a different way, yep. to um, flow. You know, like he talked about water and being like the nature of water to like Kobe, yeah, elite basketball player, but transcends the sport of basketball. Like, you don't need to be a basketball fan to know who Kobe Bryant yep. is and to be influenced by this man's. It's-
1: and for me as a writer, mm-hmm. my act two, he was going into act two. That was going to be very special. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Oscar winner, Oscar winner you know, yeah. Emmy winner, like he was in his act two and he was happier than he had ever been. Yep. He got to share the moments with his wife and his kids. He got to write, be creative, have a publishing company, have an animation studio. Like he was on his way to become an amazing storyteller yeah. outside of basketball, life yeah. beyond basketball. Not just, more than an athlete, like LeBron says, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, going into, again, man, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you. Um, I see you, bro, as you are transcending. I mean, like you say, you don't want to just have your kids go, like, oh, yeah, my, my dad was a great musician. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a bunch of these records that are dope songs. Yeah. You're transcending your your medium. You're transcending music. You're you're stepping into, into arenas. You're putting yourself out there to... Um, to support causes that people don't know about. To show, give visibility to things that people are uneducated Can about. Can I read
1: you something? Please. So this is, this is very important. I'm, I'm trying to live my, my life behind this, this motto right here. Um, so this is something, I saw this, my wife sent this to me. And I'm embodying this because it's important for, for folks to know. Um, this is an important way to look at things for me. so this was a post that she saw and she like sent to me and I was like, yo, that's exactly where I'm at right now. Mm. Okay. So it says best career advice that I can give. Don't ever attach yourself to a person, a place, a company, an organization, or a project. Attach yourself to a mission, a calling and a purpose only. That's how you keep your power and your peace. Wow.
0: That's powerful, dude. Right? Yeah.
1: That's how you keep your power and your peace. Yeah. All that being said, it's exactly what you talked about legacy.
2: hmm
1: You don't, you're not just known for your brand. You're not just known for like what you've done, but how you affect change. hmm how do you affect change? Mm-hmm. I know you're talent. I know what you are capable of doing. But how do you use that blessing? Because you're a one percentile mm. of human being mm-hmm. that can affect change. Because people are looking to you as inspirational. They see you on TV. They see your, you know, your dance moves. They see all the things that you've done and continue to do. They see, oh, my God, they got facilities and they got this. Not everybody can attain what you have gotten. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do I use this amazing blessing to affect change?
0: Yeah, and that's it, man. Like, it's funny because I ask these questions about, you know, what, how do you define success, and like, what are your, you know, your life mantras and your golden rules? I mean, like, you're almost kind of beating me to the punch to mm-hmm. all these questions, which is great because this is the flow. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I know that um, in talking to you, like, the things that Comes out of a a man's mouth is a reflection of what's going on in their heart. You know Mm. what I mean? I don't even have to ask you a question. You're just like, here. Let me just like tell you some stuff that's on my heart and mind, and you're pulling out these things that
1: before I tell you, before you tell me what's wrong with me, let me tell you what's wrong with me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I learned that the hard way. Mm -hmm. I learned, you know, people will criticize you before you even get a chance to to explain yourself. Yeah, And and then I'm like, well, why do I need to explain myself? Right. I'm an open book, yeah. Because I like being the person that that trial and error, mistake testimony, so that others don't have to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. I like that role. Yeah, I like that that responsibility. Because a lot of people are like, yo, are you serious? You want to take on that? I'm like, yeah, I'll take on that. Like when I go to to different um, cancer facilities or whatever. Like, yo, isn't that heavy? I'm like, yeah, but I went through it and I beat it. Mm. And I want to be able to show my camaraderie and standing in solidarity with other people that have gone through it and are going that. through it. Yeah, it's amazing,
0: man. Yeah. So sick, dude. Um, you know, so obviously, man, you're 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 still going, and, and I think you know, hearing about just what is driving you to still go, still doing music. You guys yeah, sure. got Woo. you got Ritmo out
1: there. Ritmo, you guys just,
0: just <laughs> killing it on the on the charts right now Sorry. on the billboards, <laughs> but like. That's what's dope to me, man. Like I'm hearing your why, and your why is so strong, so loud, so powerful. And then I see what you're just like. Of course, like, and you're still putting out fire. You're putting out the illest of product. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what's dope and so inspiring is is uh, when you can understand what's driving someone's um, artistry to what makes them tick. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just that much more impressive because. It's 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 the Mamba mentality, bro. Yeah, sure. It's All day. it's it's not like he was just trying to be the best. He was like, because I love the game of basketball. I love it so much. I mean, even his Dear Basketball mm-hmm. that that film, man. I was just like, dang, yeah. yeah. No wonder why this guy was so obsessed because he loved this thing yeah. so much. And you know, for you to have such a heart for the many things that you have a heart for, yeah. and ultimately. I would say service is is the foundation of all that, to serve in the ways that you can. But then you take that and be like, I'm still going to produce great stuff, great artistry, things that people are going to vibe because with. Because
1: without my vehicle, I can't facilitate being of service. Mm-hmm. That's a reality. Yeah, We live in a world where, like, what have you done for me lately? Exactly. You know, how hot are you, right? right? That's the business that I'm in. It's like if you don't have your fuel, mm-hmm. then you can't be of service right. and use that fuel to help others. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. It's like Black Eyed Peas coming back in 2020 with Ritmo. If you don't know what that is, it's a song that we did with J Balvin. It's on the Bad Boys 3 soundtrack. Big shout out to Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Bad
0: Boys for Life. Bad Boys for Life. Yep. It
1: became the number one uh Number one on the charts, on billboard charts, on three different uh, Latin billboard charts, which is amazing because we thought like, okay, when it couldn't get any bigger than I got a fill in and boom, boom, pow and all that era, <laughs> yeah. we come back and we hit you with a left and a right. Yeah. So we're, we're very blessed that in 2020, people have been receiving our new song, Ritmo, which uh, we're coming with an album before summer. Uh, we just signed to Sony. Big shout out to Zeke and Sylvia Rhone for believing in us. Um, and we have a new lease on life, you know, because everybody doesn't get a second chance in the music industry. Yeah. And we got a second breath. Yeah. In this new decade, because yep. now it's about YouTube numbers and streaming. And when we left in 2011 to go on a hiatus, YouTube wasn't as, as prevalent and streaming wasn't as prevalent yeah. as it is now. Yeah. The numerics of that and the algorithms of YouTube. It's a totally different uh, ballgame. Yep. So fortunately, we've been through uh, the time of, you know, meet and greets at a record store or at Sam Goody's and Tower Records where you can actually go and buy a physical yeah, yeah. tape and CD. A
0: lot of our audience is like, the Sam You're what like, What's and a, Tower what who? who? <laughs> what Sam Goody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, but yeah, just to give yeah. you a, a little insight on how long we've been able to do this and evolve and still continue to put out the high quality uh, product. hmm that is consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's where we're at in 2020.
0: Yeah. So with that, man, um, I mean, I think I kind of can get a, a good feeling but if you were to kind of package your definition your kind of version of how you would define success and the only reason I ask that because so this show movement in the shadows is obviously people who are doing things that you know whether it's in dance music business food whatever it's people who are doing things that they have a they have a, a platform they have a following people love them for how good they are at this and so there's this like I want to be as successful as that mm-hmm. person, you know? And and I think what's great about a show or a, a, an opportunity to to talk for an hour and a half about what, what you really believe, how you got there, what your struggles were, and then, you know, as you're talking about, like, I'm not doing it for what you may think I'm doing it for. Like, here's what I'm really doing it for, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. with all that being said... I don't said, have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's keep it 100. Yeah. I've done everything, bro. Yeah. Let's be honest. For those folks... That are wondering, you know, my motivation. Before my motivation is like, I just want to be able to travel the world and perform. Yeah. We did that. Yeah, we never imagined that we were gonna play play the Super Bowl in 2011, win Grammys. You know, all the accolades and all the novelty stuff that people are like so consumed by. Yeah, bro, like that's great, but that doesn't define the person that I am. Yeah. So,
0: what is success to you?
1: Success. The road to success, this is what I say, success. The road to success is always under construction. And we are the architects and the builders of that path. Because we're always trying to find our way, right? Mm-hmm. But you are the master of your own destiny. Yeah. So it's like, how, how do you build your, your own blocks, right? Like you put your stuff together and, and you build your road to however you get there, you build your own map. There's no guidelines, whether it's parenting, whether it's business, whether it's academics, like you got to figure out your own way of how you get to your destination. Yeah. And sometimes you never get to your destination Mm -hmm. because you don't know what it is.
2: Yeah.
1: So you're, you're, you're living your life trying to figure it out. And for me, I, I honestly thought I was, it was just music, but then some, I got hit with a different turn. Like I turned left instead of going right. Yeah. And when I turn left, those are crossroads, and the crossroads took me to another direction. Mm-hmm. And you keep on building this path, and then whatever success—because success doesn't necessarily mean millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, that's monetary success. Mm-hmm. Success could be like, yo, I'm able to provide for my family, or I'm I'm playing a guitar, uh, you know, making a living at. Third Street Promenade, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. As long as you ha- have happiness, and you find your peace, because that's what I said. Mm-hmm. You know the peace, and you find your own power. Yeah. Then you figure out what your own success is, mm. what your definition of success. Mm. But I always, say it's always under construction, and you're the architect and the builder of that path.
0: It's amazing, man.
1: Can I can I tell you a little bit about my Freestyle Fridays that I'm doing on of my course. IG? Yeah. So, for those folks that may not know, because maybe there's folks that don't know the history of Black IPs, um, as I mentioned earlier, 1995 um, is when we started Black IPs and we started as dancers and MCs. And the MC and the dancing was as strong as everything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For me, as a dancer, prior to me becoming an MC, The last couple of years, I've been focusing on reintroducing the world to my dance roots. So what I did is I, I, as I travel with Black Eyed Peas doing tours around the world, I created this dance show on my IG called Rock That Body Freestyle Fridays, where we give dancers from around the world, different styles, different techniques, a platform to be able to tell their story. Mm. Because we know their dance, we know their art form, we know their talent, but what's behind yeah who are you so i made it a point to go even on my days that i was performing right before i perform i went to go interview these folks you know and and i feel very proud Mm. to say that i'm reconnecting with my dance roots because it's important i've never left but i've never put the light on it the way i'm doing it now yeah you know i'm shining the light and i'm saying My platform is your platform because Mm -hmm. I'm part of this dance community. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not just like known folks. It's got to be folks that just love and appreciate our culture.
2: Yeah.
1: And it doesn't necessarily pertain to hip hop. It could be powwow style dancing. You know, I have a a powwow dancer from indigenous enterprise. His name is Kenneth. He did a a, a show. I have this aboriginal crumper. Like there's different cultures and Mm -hmm. nationalities Mm -hmm. that implement their own traditional style. To be able to tell their story about how their history and their ancestry is implemented in the style that they choose, Mm -hmm. which the foundation can be hip hop.
0: Yeah, that's dope, man. Definitely want to we'll 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 plug that in all the show notes and all that for sure. Um, But if I can get into a quick lightning round session, I'm going to just shoot some quick questions at you and then try to be lightning quick with it. Here we go, lightning in three, two, one. What is your favorite fruit?
1: Cuties, oranges.
0: What is your guilty pleasure? Toys. Favorite comic book character?
1: Werewolf by Night.
0: Nice. Who is your childhood hero? My grandmother. Biggest influence on you as an artist? Grandmother. Grandmother. Who's your favorite dancer of all time? Ooh.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is the one that's stumps you.
0: you had quick ones. Here's where, here's where lightning gets halted.
1: Can it be three? Sure. Because they're a crew. Okay, yeah. I love the Nicholas Brothers. Oh, yeah. For those folks that yep. don't know, please research. Classic. your... Yes. I mean, metaphorically, do your math because it's it's the science and the, the, the foundation of all these other dancers. Uh-huh. They studied the Nicholas Brothers. Nicholas
0: Brothers will blow people's minds today. <laughs> Bro, were Not doing... even like, oh yeah, they were good for what they were doing back No, They were blow your mind today. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Right. okay, that's great. Um, if you were to have a superpower, what would it be?
1: The ability to heal people.
0: Okay. What is your Superpower.
1: The ability, to, the ability, the ability to to perform and and elevate um, rooms that are like sitting down and like not really into it. Like I have the power to bring them out of their seat mm. in any situation. I don't yeah. care whether it's old people that are 80 to people that are corporate to people that are like too cool i just have that power yeah and that's why that's what will will saw in me yeah that's why he brought me into black eyed peas because that's the gift that's what i bring to the peas. yeah i'm the performer that is able to activate folks that not that don't want to be activated
0: yeah that's so sick that's so sick dead or alive you can sit down and have lunch with somebody who is that
1: Mm. Um. great question I'll say Bruce Lee hell yeah, yeah <laughs> Bruce Lee
0: what would be a dream opportunity for you
1: Um, to bring oncology centers and medical centers to Indian reservations mm, dope
0: if you could travel back in time and give yourself one piece of advice what would that be hmm
1: Stay true to you. Stay true to you. Yeah. Do
0: you believe that you have any regrets?
1: Mm. Pff, not really. I think I've I've embraced my mm-hmm. my flaws.
0: Mm. Hmm. Dope. Less of, more of. What is something that you would want to see less of in the world, and also more of in the world? Less of.
1: separation racism more more love
0: love it what is your golden rule your life mantra
1: um, well there's a lot of them but I would say um, be the best that I can be be a better version of me yesterday
0: Hmm. that's dope dude tab um, first of all thank you for coming through man thank Um, you I know yeah man you're I don't want to say busy just because like it's like you're doing a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. I know you talking to you man you're you're a man who splits your heart up in so many ways because I mean I I even get now why um, you know, you're putting out projects like these to, you know, um, creating your music to taking time to come into a podcast and sit with us and talk, man. Well, and,
1: can I can I add on to that? Yeah, one of the main goals um, in the next couple of years is to really help elevate the dance community. Mm. I'm all about communities, yeah, because I'm part of a lot, right. But the dance community has been with me since I first started. Even at five years old, dancing has always been part of my journey. Mm-hmm. So anytime I can just be part of something as cool as this, hang out with such an amazing person like yourself, Thank you, build man. ping pong on information, mm-hmm. uh, get inspired. I mean, walking into this facility, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, this complex is an amazing facility of creativity, expression, talent, art, uh, you know, culture. It just got this this vibrancy, no pun intended again. <laughs> it's got this vibrancy yeah. that, you know, you, you want to be part of this Kinja Bang, Kinja movement. You know, you, you just, you feel welcomed by this brotherhood and this kinship and it's uh it's something that i've seen prior to them having this you know when i first met villain and, and impact um the Twinjas, and we went on tour together and we built a brotherhood and now to see that brotherhood that we had on tour then find another brotherhood within the kinjas like that's like you know that's ultimate respect to that because you always want the best for your family and those guys are family to me, and Anthony and Mike, uh, you know, Vin, all Pat, all of them. You know, we started in the dance community. We started as individuals, different crews, but it all comes full circle. And I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I mean that again. That that's just only a, a testament to you serving. You know what I mean? You don't have to. I mean, you you talk about this is the community that you, you, these are your roots. You know. People always but oh yeah, that's you know when I was a kid, that's when I was younger and I'm you know, I'm outgrown that stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, you have this heart to serve in all the spaces that you have influence in and recognizing your roots and wanting to not only like give back as if like, Oh, I gotta give back, but like, yo, I wanna stay connected exactly. because you still like you said, watching dance videos help you yeah. fight cancer, yeah. you know what I mean? So well, it's something more than just like enjoyment of watching something. You one know of the
1: mean? proudest moments uh that I got This year was to be able to judge a open styles battle Mm -hmm. to actually be considered to be a judge. Sure. Had nothing to do with black IPs. Yeah. Yeah. It had to do with the work that I put in as a dancer. Yep. You know, big shout out to cross and freestyle session and polo and all the people at grassroots for for acknowledging me and giving me that, that respect to say, we want you to do open judge battle. Hmm. From the place that I started in, yeah. you know, because in the 90s, we were rocking those circles in yeah. freestyle sessions, you know, and, yeah. and to be able to now in 2020 be part of that as a judge is amazing.
0: Yeah, that's so dope, man. And like, it's so funny, as you're talking about your uh, superpower, you want to be able to heal people. And then I said, what is your superpower to get people up off their feet no matter what? Bro, that's like kind of one and the same. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Like not to be like super deep mm-hmm. about it, but. That ability to energize somebody, yeah. you don't know what they're going through. Maybe that is exactly what they need to kind of heal through something, you exactly. know, in that moment of like, yo, let me just get up off my feet and forget about that for a second and just enjoy and feel this energy that this man is bringing out of me. So it's so, it's just so cool, man. Um, again, always going to be a fan of your work and your artistry and your push, but sitting here across from you is like, I'm feeling your heart, bro, it's beating loud, you yeah, know sure. what I mean? And, and you're, Um, your words carry a lot of weight because I know it's coming from a place of like, if I have something to say, it must be to help. It must be to serve. And, and that encourages me, you know, like for me being 38 years old, I've been in the dance game for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. now too. And, um, you know, from Jabbawockees to Kinjas to I'm still doing it in, but it, it kind of helps me remind myself of like, if I'm going to still stay in this thing and if I'm still doing it, Why? Like Mm -hmm. what, you know, and this is one of those reasons why this podcast is here is like, this is my why.
1: Thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, thank you for for coming. You know, it's I only have the ability to do it when people like you like, yeah, I'm down to come and talk, you know. So otherwise I'd just be talking to myself. Mm -hmm. But it's there's stories to be shared because um, the like I said, man, the human experience, everybody has something to offer. Everyone has something to add to the conversation. And you know this is just another drop in that pond, man. But like a major one at that. So um, I want to thank you, bro. You're a huge inspiration to me, to millions around the world, to the kinjas, you know. And it's funny how we're watching the video that we shot with oh, you, yeah, like transmit, five, yeah, that was dope. But you know what I mean? Like that was just such like an organic way of it like was. let's let's get
1: down, dude. It you was. know
0: what I mean? And you got down in the it video, was, man. It was
1: fun to get back into because. A year prior to that, I was battling cancer. So in 2015, when we shot that, that was a year after my healing process. I was still going through my healing process. Coping with uh, uh, a chemo brain and all the trauma that I had in here and needing that experience to kind of get me through my healing process and to continue healing. And that's why I Uh, say if I could heal folks as a superhuman power, you know, and I'm talking about cancer and I'm talking about ailments that are you know, serious, yeah. because I, I, I feel like music is one form of therapy, one yeah. form of healing, but, you know, that's something very important to yeah. me, because yeah. I'm still going through mine
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that experience, yes, man. Yes, um, So, I mean, I know you got a ton of stuff going on, but, I mean, you got your Freestyle Fridays, you got, you know, Marvel 1000 yeah. coming. Is there anything else that's, like, kind of going on in your world that we should be on the lookout for?
1: Uh, Black IP's new album please please if you haven't checked out hemo check it out it's uh it's amazing because like I said it's number one right now on the on the Latin Billboard chart charts it just got added to kiss FM, pop radio mm-hmm. so it's starting in the Latin market because yeah. Jay Balvin yep. is on the record and yeah. you know it's like the Latin market really embraced sure. Balvin as one of the the iconic figures of this this era and you know he's he's one of our biggest inspirations because of the way he's consistently putting out high quality product mm-hmm Content. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's the difference between our era and his era is like we met um, Middle Ground to be able to uh, put out this amazing song, Ritmo. Fortunately, we were able to be part of this Bad Boys 3 soundtrack. That's the number one movie around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're proud that, you know, we continue to to, uh, be in the conversation, although it's a different entry point because now it's in the Latin world starting into. Crossing into the pop world, yeah. Because people, when we left, it was the pop world, right? And I don't even want to say we left. We we just, you know, took a little pause, yeah. Um, and you know, we're we're stronger, faster, better than ever. You know, big shout out to to my brothers Will, I am, and Apple D App. Big shout out to Apple's artist Jay Ray So, who's touring with us. You know, her story's amazing. She's an artist that Apple discovered in the Philippines on The Voice when he was the judge on The Voice. Mm. And uh, Apple was adopted uh, from the Philippines in 1989. Brought to America, given an opportunity, um, met Will I Am, met myself, and we became Black IPs. Mm-hmm. So App is just paying it forward yep. by bringing Jessica J Ray Soul to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and giving her opportunity. You know she's part of the family, um, and we're touring with her, and, and you know stay tuned for her music as well. Dope.
0: Where can people follow your journey, like uh, socials? Yeah, my stuff.
1: social is I'm um, at taboo t a b double um, IG, uh, Twitter is tabbep T-A-B-B-E-P. Um also Black IPs. We have Twitter account and we have IG, which is at b e p. And uh, you know we we uh, we're very blessed in 2020 to have a new album coming out. We got a lot of dope features on it. Um, our album is very. Afro beat slash Latin slash black IP, yeah. you know, but that's the that's the sound of the international frequency. Yeah. So we're following that frequency. Yep. No. We've always been about international global music, yeah. stadium music. Yeah. And that's that's what this album is.
0: So sick. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gotta pick that up, swoop on it when it comes out. Again, tap, thanks for coming through, thank man. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate, appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you so much for uh listening, watching um, yeah, this was a great one. I mean, as, as you guys can hear, there's a lot of, uh, lot of things that, that um, the artists that come through, the people who come through, they have a lot to share. So if this is providing value to your lives in any way, entertaining-wise, uh, just all we ask you to do is share it. Like, uh, take a screenshot on your phone. Tag us, Kinja's Podcast, Cast with the K.
1: Yeah, I forgot. Sorry about this. Yeah, go for it. I forgot one of the most important things. My company with my partner Ben Jackendoff is called Skyview Way, and it's uh, music through mythology or mythology through music. You know, it's all like cohesive uh, through an indigenous or native lens. And we just got a a development deal with Cartoon Network to to um, work on a project, and we got two. Uh, projects that we're working with this french company called goldmont studios um and we're gonna have this marvel comic coming out in april so there's a lot of great things coming out with my act two as you know rest in peace Kobe Bryant. had Mm -hmm. he was transitioning into that you know creator content creator publisher executive creator of different things and that's where i'm at too
0: yeah love that man yeah all that stuff you can get plugged in the show notes. Speaking of which, if you're looking for that, you can find them on the website, Kinjas.com slash podcast. We're on Facebook. If you guys still use that, Twitter, same thing, Kendra's podcast, cast with a K. Um, hop onto iTunes, leave us a five-star review that helps us get visibility on the charts um leave us that rate five star ratings write us a review let us know what we're doing well what we could work on um it's always been a work in progress here we are a a little bit over a year into the podcast we're at the complex now so you guys have been with us since day one if you have thank you so much um we're gonna keep building this thing keep bringing on dope folks like tab um thank you guys for listening we'll catch you guys next time peace